0: All right. Well, good morning, everybody. I hope that you've had an excellent start to your day. I know I have. Um, The sun is shining here today, and it really just is a promise of a great day. So um, this morning, we are talking about uh, tips for solving problems, okay? So in particular, as I was reviewing uh, the information for today, the one thing that I kept coming back to was wow, this is going to be really good for uh, those people who are either new to leadership or who are aspiring leaders, okay? So if you know of anybody who uh, is wanting to be a leader, uh, maybe they're young, right? So I'm thinking especially teenagers, right? Um, But this would be a great recording to share with them Uh, So today I'm going to share with you four tips about what to do when a problem comes. And then I'm going to share with you four people and their types of people that show up when a problem comes, okay? So I'm going to ask you as we go through, uh, not only to take notes, of course, of the tips, but when we get to the people, I want you to think about typically when a problem shows up, What kind of person are you? Which one of those four? Which one do you want to be? And then also, like, who shows up in your life? And how can you have more of the people that you want and less of the people that you don't want? Okay? All right. So we're talking about solving problems. So there's four tips or kind of really general um, understandings about what happens when a problem comes. So, for example, proximity. Okay, so all of these are going to be P words, <laughs> proximity. Um, so when you are dealing with a problem, the closer you can get to the people who are most affected by the problem, the better your solution will be. Okay, the closer you get to the people who are affected, the better your solution will be. So, for example, there are often times when I'm called in to um, work with maybe a state board that they're, you know, working on a project of some sort, Um, they're doing some strategic planning, they're thinking about a new initiative that they're going to roll out, Uh, and I come into the meeting and I'm just surprised because great people sitting in the room, okay, Great ideas, and the thing is that many times they don't even realize that they're missing some key important evidence uh, from folks who will be directly impacted by this change. Okay, so instead of inviting people who uh, you know are going to have to deal with this every single day to sit at the table, or at least uh, inviting their voice in some way to be in that room they operate in their current level of understanding of the problem okay now again there's nothing wrong with that but do you see an issue with that yeah so um i have had the the i guess opportunity because this really has led to some new awareness for me of sitting in rooms like that and hearing over and over and over again uh, a decision being made that ultimately very negatively affects a lot of people. Okay, so when we're talking about solving a problem, we wanna get as close to the people that are having the problem as possible. A more personal example would be, uh, I, I was having a discussion with my husband the other day about something that's going on with one of the kids. And he was trying to kind of come up with the solution for the problem. And I said, you know, I, I think that that's a great idea. I just wonder if it's actually going to work. And so when we pulled the the child aside and we said, hey, we need to talk about this, you know, what are your thoughts and what's the solution? What do you think could be the solution to this problem? Well, this child immediately was able to give us a solution and I thought, oh yes, that's it. Now one of two things is going to occur number one they could give the same solution that dad just brought up right perfect now we're in alignment let's go but this child is making the decision so therefore there's going to be more motivation to follow through or number two something completely different that you didn't think of is going to come from that child and they're going to still be motivated and committed to following through Okay, So when you're looking at solving a problem, sometimes you got to go right to the person who has the problem. As a leader, this requires you to do what John Maxwell talks about, um, walking slowly through the crowd. So what does that mean? Well, that means when, let's say you've got a, a staff and, and you've got people, right? You've got a team. Instead of somebody bringing the the problem to you and you're going, oh, yep, this is what we're going to do, you got to take a little bit of time to do some investigation. Ask some questions. Try to truly understand what is happening, right? You're walking slowly through the crowd, gathering data. You're really listening to the voice of the people who are having the problem, all right? So proximity, when you're solving problems, proximity is really important. Alright, the next one I term plates of problems, okay, plates of problems. Um, problems are not going anywhere, okay, you just need to get used to it. Problems are here to stay, especially when you become uh, a leader, you have a leadership position or title, right, you will have exponential problems. Now, How you look at that problem, how you deal with that problem, may change over time. You may find that by sheer nature of of how you are leading, how you're empowering your people, that you have less problems. And you'll never get to the point where you don't have any problems. So if you realize that you have problems, and I I call it plates of problems because... um, I think I'm in this vein in my personal development that I'm really mindful of more health choices. And I read an article the other day that talks about um, the serving sizes that, and how it's progressed over time, especially in the American culture. And it was talking about the idea of the size of your plate, how it used to be a much smaller plate. And now it's almost to the point where if you go out to a restaurant, they'll, they'll serve you like a, a, like a platter, right? And see, what happens is that your brain only sees the plate. It doesn't really interpret the size, right? And so you, you tend to overeat if your plate is bigger. So in this analogy, you have to remember that just like eating, (laughs) problems are never going to go away. You'll, you'll have to attend to them every single day. And you get to decide what's going to be on my plate. Okay. Now, after working with hundreds of leaders, I can tell you this, that many leaders tend to take things and put them on their plate uh, that they should never have. Right. Um, They take on a problem that's maybe one of their staff members problems, but yet they're trying to quote unquote help. Right um sometimes they take on issues that they feel like i'm the leader i'm supposed to do this when in reality they should delegate it uh some leaders what they do is they take on a problem but they don't realize that they are the ones who have identified this as a problem and it's probably not a problem okay so you get to de- determine how am I going to deal with problems. You don't get to determine whether you have problems or not. Okay? And get creative. Get creative. There's no one way to solve any problem. Okay? I was just telling this story last night at a get-together. Uh, we were talking about our children and um, <laughs> the joy that many of us have in <laughs> kind of picking our teenagers off let me just say that if you have a teenager you know exactly what I mean and I was uh explaining that there was one time when Josiah uh this winter hadn't done his chores uh he needed to take out the trash and he needed to do the dishes and I had said hey by 5 p.m today it needs to be done um and you have all day long what's your plan long story short he did not get it done and so i came up with a creative solution i said josiah i think the problem is that you have low energy in your body otherwise you would just kind of get up and do it so you're going to put on these snow boots you're going to take three laps around the house and we're going to increase that energy and of course he was a little ticked but he went out and he did it and he came back in and i said don't you have more energy and he paused and he gave me a really nasty look. And he said, yeah, I've got more energy because I'm angry at you. And I said, perfect. Let's channel that into the dishes, right? But the point of this story is that I had to get creative, right? I could have easily just said, get in there and do it now, right? And as I'm solving this problem, I'm communicating to him, number one, you have a choice. And number two, guess what? If if you don't get it done, you have no idea what's coming next, right? So get creative. All right, the fourth tip is pragmatism, okay? Pragmatism, so this is um, kind of having a right assessment of things. Uh, So when you're dealing with problems, this is where an understanding of yourself as far as your strengths and your limitations and your emotional habits uh, are a good thing. Uh, great example, the other day, actually, some of you probably already know this. For the last seven to ten days, I've been very slow in my communication. I've had some Internet issues. I've had some issues with my, uh, my new computer. There's just been a lot happening. So big problem, right? So during this, I was reminded of my strengths and my limitations. So first of all, my limitation is uh, pretty much anything with technology. I don't understand. I don't care to understand. I just want it to work when it's supposed to work. You feel me? And my strength, however, is to really sit and assess and say, what's the real problem and how can I get this fixed quickly? And I've developed a strength over time for asking for help and delegating. So that's what I've done. Okay. And this uh, emotional habit has kind of popped into my awareness throughout this whole problem. So I realized that for whatever reason, I haven't figured out the why. I don't know that the why is so important. But whenever it comes to technology, I think, because it's an area that I don't understand, and I know that in order for me to understand it's going to take a really long time, okay? So in this area, I feel uh, less than competent, okay? And so whenever there's a, an issue and I don't know how to fix it and it's impeding my progress, I become frustrated, overwhelmed, and a little bit angry. So that has been my emotional habit. So during this time, knowing this about myself, I had to say, Michelle, listen, this is a problem. It's okay. A couple weeks from now, you're going to be well on your way. Don't worry about it, right? So I'm, I'm talking myself down throughout this problem. Most people do not have an individual awareness or a conscious understanding of what their strengths and their weaknesses are when it comes to problem solving. And they have an even less understanding of their own emotional habits. So when a problem comes your way, especially if it's related to you uh, and your work, it's more personal, right? There are emotions that are attached to that. There's a habit of thinking. The more that you are aware of that, the more that you can conquer it. So even though I've been frustrated with this the situation and, and, you know, that it wasn't handled as soon as I snapped my fingers, right, I can look at it and say, Michelle, this is the the current curriculum for your growth. It is helping you to learn more about you and more about these other skills. Does that make sense okay so being pragmatic so having a right understanding of yourself when a problem comes all right the last tip is big picture practice big picture practice so when a problem comes your way and it could be something very small it could be something very large doesn't matter what the problem is you can step aside and you can practice the skill of seeing the big picture okay so um john maxwell in his book uh developing the leader within you 2.0 there's a, a section in there that he talks about problem solving and there's one uh he talks about this mental agility exercise i love this i think this um really illustrates this point. So I'm going to share it with you. Um, so he says, here's how I like to think mental agility works for a leader. When you have it, you're able to, so he uses a, a puzzle as an analogy, move from one puzzle to the other without being distracted. So, so think about this. Let's say you've got in front of you, you know, four different puzzles that you're doing. And these can be the problems. Um, so I'm imagining one of the boardrooms that I meet in, it, it typically has six kind of pods of tables. And so on each one of those pods, there's a um, a puzzle that you're working on. And as a leader, you know, there can be uh, one puzzle that's like almost done, right? So a problem that's almost solved. There can be another one that is done and has been done for a while. And then there's all of these other ones that are in various states of progression, right? So you've got all these and if you you have mental agility uh, of a good leader, you can move from one puzzle to the other without being distracted. So you're not getting pulled in more of, of one puzzle than the other, okay? You can hold a piece of the puzzle in your mind for weeks or longer with the belief that it will fit somewhere at the appropriate time, So sometimes something comes along your way, and you're not exactly sure what to do with it, but if you believe that you will figure it out, you will. A lot of people get distracted by that. They don't know what to do right now in this very moment, and so they just start doing something. When the problem in the moment requires you to think and kind of what I call percolate or stew on that idea, and then it will come to you. he says allow the big picture to influence the small one and at the same time give priority and respect to the small one so a great leader has the ability to look at the one piece of the puzzle and say where does this go look at the whole puzzle and say all right where are we going with this right and look at all six of those puzzles within the larger scheme of things and say Okay, where are we at with this? All right, so this is why it's crucially important for good leaders not to get attached or um, have a lot of emotions when a problem comes, because quite frankly, you just don't have all the energy for that, right? You're going to get burned out very quickly. And then the last thing he says about mental agility is that um, you have to be able to live with the tension of two opposing forces the precision needed to solve the problem, and the fluidity to determine when to take those steps. So understanding that there is a a way to solve this problem and that there's going to be, um, I love how he says that, a fluidity to determine when to take those steps. So some problems we know the solutions to, don't we? And we know the logical order of those solutions. And sometimes, even though we know there's a logical order, we don't know when to make that next move, right? So mental agility is the, the ability to know what steps and when to take them. So big picture practice. You can use this uh, with small problems and with big problems. So I would highly suggest that if you've never tried this before, just try it, see what you think, because Um, It's a great kind of mental practice that will serve you well. All right. So now there are four people who show up when problems come. Okay. So the first person who shows up are the people who make the problem worse. Okay. Do you know these people? So you have a, a certain problem. Maybe you're sitting in a staff meeting and you're like, okay, guys, this is this is the problem. Uh, the people who make it worse are the ones who are constantly doing what I call pouring gasoline on the fire rather than water, right? They never have a solution. They only incite more um, fear, um, more worry, more anxiety, okay? it's really important for you as a leader to understand these four types of people because they will show up some people have a natural tendency towards one of these and will be this way the majority of the time some people will be one way and then for whatever reason maybe something is happening in their life right now and they'll become another person so i'm not saying you know label the people in your life but understand these four types of people and when they show up don't be surprised okay remember this is one of the pragmatic skills okay so the people who make the problem worse second type of person people who become problem magnets so these people don't necessarily incite riots or violence, okay, but they just attract problems. You know you know the person maybe on your staff who um, she was late the third time this week and she has a, a valid excuse. However, it's one of those excuses that you're like, oh, my gosh, you know, normal people wouldn't have one or two of those excuses, definitely not three of those excuses in their life, and look at you, you're having them in one week. Okay. If you've ever had somebody like this, you know exactly what I mean. So because they kind of tend to go through life a little less aware um, and a little less causative, meaning they're not necessarily aware that they can have control of their life, they're kind of tossed by the, the waves of life, right? So they tend to have more problems. So one thing that I like to do with folks like this when they are having these problems is I like to kind of sit with them a little bit and talk through the causes that led up to this problem. So I'm not telling them what they should have done and not giving them the solution. I really just want to get them to think about, first of all, stop digging the hole, right? So uh, I went to a financial literacy class many years ago, and the one thing I remember them saying is, hey, listen, if you're in debt, um, you know, and you've been digging a hole that got you to debt, stop digging the hole. That's your first step. Beyond that, you can figure out how to, you know, fill the hole back in, but you can't do that unless you stop digging the hole, okay? So with folks who are problem magnets, that's what I try to do. The real problem is not whatever problem is in front of them. The real problem is their thinking that is leading to these problems. Make sense? All right. Another person who shows up with problems are people who just give up. They just plain give up. They see that there's a problem here, and they can't get over how difficult it's going to be, how much time and energy it's going to take, um, and they're just not, for whatever reason, able to do that. Most of the time, uh, you've got somebody in one of two situations. Number one, they've never been taught how to successfully handle a problem, so they don't know how to do that, okay? So it's really important that you work with them to understand there are things that we can do. Another type of person who gives up when a problem comes is one who is overly stressed. Uh, There's a, a whole body of research out there talking about how people make decisions and there's this term called decision fatigue that when you get to a certain amount of decisions that you've made in one day it it becomes exponentially harder to make more decisions. Interestingly, they've done some studies on uh, parents of children so these are working parents getting themselves and their children up to about age seven or eight ready and out the door in the morning. They said the sheer amount of decisions that one parent has to make just to get everybody to school and work on time, that by the time they get to their office, their brain is in such a state of stress that they are already fatigued in decision-making. Interesting, huh? And so one of their suggestions is to have moments when you're, you're at work um, in the first part of the day that are a little less stressed so that you can renew your mind um, so that you can attend to your problems, okay? So the people who are, are giving up in the face of problems usually need to be resourced in some way, okay? Okay. And then the last person who shows up when a problem comes are people who use problems as stepping stones to success. Okay, so ultimately, this is where we want to be, right? If you think about great leaders in history, um, I was just actually this morning reading about Winston Churchill and how he um, helped, you know, encourage and, and lift up a whole nation uh, of people to fight against. Hitler, right? And look at any great leader in history and they see a problem as a way to make life better. Okay, so it's not something to be avoided. It's not something to be fought. Um, it's not something to, to worry about. It's a problem that you can face and you can do something about. Okay, so I would highly encourage you if you, you don't already do this, become a reader of biographies and autobiographies because they will show you the thinking process of great people and how they overcome problems, okay? Um, You know, I don't have a whole lot more time to to really go into that one this morning. I know that we've done some podcasts, if you wanna plug into our podcast. For those of you um, who've not done that yet, our podcast can be found anywhere where you can find podcasts. Uh, The title is Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life. Um, And we've done some sessions or episodes on um, the failing forward process. And I did have somebody request not too long ago uh, a series on thinkers. Um, So I'm looking at the schedule coming up in the fall, and I might include that as well. Okay, so as I promised, your homework for this week. So pick one of the four tips okay and and either practice it so for example maybe it's proximity and you want to spend more time with your people before you make a decision Uh, maybe it's big picture practice and you want to kind of play around with a, a problem in your mind pick one of those four and just practice you don't have to be good at it you're just practicing okay see what comes to you and then think about those four people four types of people when a problem comes which one are you? Now, be honest with yourself, okay? you don't you're not reporting back to me or anybody else. Be honest with yourself. Which one are you? And if you're feeling really brave, um, I would pick the the five or ten people that are closest to you in your life. and number one, do kind of a an inventory for each one of them and figure out which one of the four they are and you might even ask them which one they think you are okay so there's that self-reflective piece but also some assessment that you could bring in from other people all right i think that that's going to do really well for you for bringing more awareness around how you solve problems all right okay so next time next week we are going to be talking about character building as the foundation of leadership okay I am holding an image of you being intentionally influential, powerfully productive, and empowering and engaging the people you serve. So with that, I release you into the wild. Go forth and prosper. Have an amazing week, and we'll catch you next time. All right. Bye-bye.